Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning, Passion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Did you all feel that earlier? Just such a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit is in this house today. He's wanting to do something amazing and mighty in your life. What have you come believing for today? I, I just feel like I need to share this story because there's someone here today that you've been believing for the impossible. You've been believing for a miracle and it hasn't happened. And if you're wondering if it's ever going to happen, you're about to give up on it. Years ago, I was about to share the vision for the year. God had given me three parts of the vision for that year. And as I sat on the front row, I started doubting. Although, God, this is too big. What I'm about to ask, it, it can't happen. And in my mind, I had marked out one of those ideas. And that was starting Hope Center. And I sat on the front row and mentally blocked it out. That said, I'm not going to do Hope Center this year. And at the moment that thought came through my mind, I got a text. I thought, who is texting me on a Sunday morning knowing that I'm standing on the front row about to go and preach? And here's what the text said. Be confident in the word that God has given you. And repent. I said, God, I'm sorry for doubting. I would step on the stage that day and I would share all three parts of the vision. The next day, I would get a call from a couple said they wanted to meet with me. They had a check for me for the Hope Center. I met with a couple. They slid me over the check. I took it and I put it in my pocket. They kind of looked at each other dumbfounded, looked back at me and said, Pastor, are you going to look at that check? I said, oh, sure, yeah. I didn't want to be rude or greedy. So I put the check, put it back in my pocket. Again, I misread the check. I said, thank you, guys. They said, Pastor, did you read that check? It takes me, I'm slow. So I took the check back out. It is enough money for the whole Hope Center in one day. Someone needs to hear this today. You be confident in the word that God's given you. My 
God can do all things. And there's nothing impossible for Him. I don't know why today. I am just overwhelmed right now by the Holy Spirit. I'm just overwhelmed. His presence is here. His power is in this house. And I need you to hear that. Be confident in the word that God has given you. What he said he will do, he will do. His promises are yes and amen. Amen. I want to speak a word to you today, and the word is invitation. Invitation. This coming Saturday, next Sunday, we will be put on our Christmas drama, Christmas of Passion. It's going to be amazing. We've got an amazing team that is making it happen. You, I promise you, you don't want to miss it. We're even going to have a live animal here. You don't want to miss it. Amen. All those that are taking part. But let me say this. As exciting as it is going to be, as a great presentation that we will perform for you guys that day. The most important part of next Saturday and Sunday is this, your invitation. Who you invite. The Bible says that after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be a witness. See, we in the Pentecostal realm sometimes can talk about the the manifestations of the Holy Spirit and we can talk about the first evidence but can I tell you something if you're a believer in Christ Jesus and you're not inviting people to church you're not telling people about Jesus I don't want to hear about all the other great things that are happening in your life because after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you you shall be a witness see next week your personal invitation could very well change someone's eternal destination. Just a simple invite. So next week, Saturday at 5 30 and 7 p.m., we got services that night. Then Sunday morning, 8 30, 10, 11 30, then 1 p.m., we got services. And we just want you to invite somebody. In fact, there's prayer cards. We want you to write down five names of individuals and you're going to pray for between now and then. And then you're going to invite them. Now do me a favor, okay? I don't want your friend that goes to another church. I don't want them. They've already shown how much of a loser they are because they chose another church. They've already shown their weaknesses, amen? I want somebody that doesn't know Jesus. Or maybe someone that does know Jesus but has never found a church home. And next week, because of your personal invitation, you're going to change their eternal destination. Well, Pastor, I don't know any lost people. Then make some between now and next week. Amen. But let me say this. Next week, make sure you at least come with one person that you invite. And we're going to pack out this house, all services, and this promise I make. If you get them here, I'll tell them about Jesus. If you get them here, they'll heal the gospel, the good news. 
And my prayers, my hope, and my greatest desire is that that day they'll be saved. And it won't be because of John Leggett. It'll be because you invited them to come to church that day. Will you do that for me? About 28 years ago, I messed up Christmas for my wife. I just ruined it. We were one day driving by a nativity scene, and I pointed out the nativity scene, and I said, that's actually not accurate. That's what I said. She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, first of all, the wise men were not there at the nativity scene. They would not have come to about two years later. Then I said, we don't know if there were three wise men. We actually don't know. We know there were three gifts. We know there's a tradition that even calls them by name, but we didn't know. For years later, my wife would drive by the TV scene and go, it's a lie. It's a lie. And I ruined Christmas for my wife. Today, the subtitle of my sermon is called Invitation. And I want to talk about the three wise men. I want us to travel 2,000 years, go back in time. I want us to sit down and meet these men. We know there are at least two. And I want us to have a conversation. And say to them, what did you learn? See, every, everything that happens to us in life is a lesson. The good, the bad, the mountaintops or the valleys. They're a story and a lesson for us to learn. And if we could sit down with these wise men 2,000 years later and say, what would you share with us? I, I think I've got some, some things they would share. So I want you to turn with me today to Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. So now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when they had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of all the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent to the Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. For you have found him. Bring, him back, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east was before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with, his, with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened 
their treasures. Remember that. Their treasures. They presented gifts to him of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word that we're about to receive. God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And I pray today that not one, not one would leave this service the same time that they came. But we will leave today with knowing the love and the grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. We find this story of some wise men. Not quite for sure where they're from. Some would say Persia. Uh, some would say other lands. Uh, maybe the Arabian kingdom of Sheba. What we do know about them is, is they were wise men. And what we know is they were studying the stars. How they had found out this story about the Messiah, the king that would be born, we can only guess. But some would say that most likely Daniel had shared the story when he's there in Babylon, that when they had taken some of the Israelites time and time again into captivity, that they would come and share the story, the, the prophecies of the coming Messiah. All we know is that somewhere along the way, in fact, maybe God himself had, had struck a, a desire, a curiosity inside of these wise men to want to know more. They begin to search and to seek. Finally, one day, they see the star. And they begin their journey, their trip, not a short trip. In fact, a very long trip to go follow this star. They finally come to the land, and when they get there, they begin to inquire where they would find this king. King Herod finds out about it, a little jealous, a little afraid, a little scared. He inquires, when did they first see the star, da 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 Come and find out, so he's now in his mind realizing it's, this child will be somewhere close to two years of age. He said, do me a favor. When you find this child, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him. They leave, none the wise are not thinking anything about it. The star then begins again. In fact, remember the star first stopped there. Then the star leads them again to the Messiah to find the baby Jesus. With his mother, they're in a home now. This is how we know they're no longer young and the shepherds and everybody else is there. They present their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and then worn in a dream, they leave and go another way home. I share this with you today because there's three things I believe if we could sit down with those wise men and ask them some questions, I think maybe, just maybe, these are three things that they would begin to share with us today about what they learned from the story of the birth of Jesus. Number one, where you spend your attention today decides your destination tomorrow. Where you spend your attention today decides your destination tomorrow. You ever get focused on something? Little Charlie, y'all know, had surgery this last week. I'm a workaholic as it is, but when I get a little nervous, I even work a little bit harder. 
So we're there at the hospital, and they told us the surgery would take about an hour and 20 at the most, and they would be informing us all throughout the surgery what was going on. And, and about two hours later, we haven't heard anything. I don't want to say anything out loud. I don't want to make anybody nervous, but in my mind, I'm thinking it's been two hours now. And I begin to work harder and focus harder on what I was doing. About that time, Laura looks over me. She says, it's been two hours. And I'm like, and we notice Austin. We can't find Austin, and he's out pacing the lobby floor. In other words, all of us had become preoccupied with Charlie. We don't know exactly what happened, but I have this image of these wise men that up until the moment they had maybe heard the story or heard the prophecy or God had somehow begun to stir something inside of them, they, they had a, a life of focusing on other things. But the moment they hear the story about the coming Messiah, the King, they can't think of anything else. They become preoccupied, focused on. All they can do is think about it. All they can do is study about it. All they can do is look up at it, the stars, and they're looking up waiting to see what they can learn. And in fact, probably all of their friends, all the, their other wise men friends, are like, you guys have lost your mind. What is wrong with you? Why have you become so preoccupied? Why? Listen, I'm telling you, all the other wise men are talking about you. That you become crazy. That you're always looking in the sky. Everybody walks by you and looks up to see what you're looking at. They think you're loco. What's going on? But they become preoccupied and their thoughts are about this, this story, this prophecy. And because what they had focused on becomes so important, when the star does appear, they follow. See, see, can I tell you that when you become preoccupied with God, when you become led by the Holy Spirit, when you begin to learn in your life to make Jesus the number one thing in your life, when things happen, you know to follow God, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. When He speaks, you hear Him. When He says, go, you go. When He says, this is the road, you take it. Because the, the, his, his Word is a, a light into your feet and a lamp into your path. You know exactly where to go because you're so preoccupied with God you hear his voice you feel his nudging you, you ever done that before been somewhere you just you just feel the Holy Spirit nudging you and you don't want to do it you don't like it I, I've done it many times in my life God will lead me to go do something and in fact I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you sometimes I'm not putting myself on on par with him but I'm like King David sometimes I will fuss with God anybody ever do that we have disagreements. Here's the problem. I know when I argue with him, he's right to begin with. Why I do it, I don't understand, but I can't help myself. And time after time, God will give me a word to give to somebody. God will go tell me to, to pray for somebody, whatever it may be. But I've, I've just learned to, to listen to the Holy Spirit because I understand where my attention is today decides my destination tomorrow. See, for some of you, where is your attention at this Christmas season? 
Maybe for some of you it's problems. You're, you're focused on problems and issues in your life. And all you can see right before your eyes are all the bad things. But what you don't understand, there are far more good things in your life than there is bad things. For some of you, all you can focus on is the enemy that is around you. But listen, like Elijah and Elijah, you don't realize that around your enemies, there's a greater army that can destroy them and bring victory in your life. For some of us today, our fascination is money. But money is not the answer to all things. See, we've got to learn, if you will begin to put your attention on God, He gives you discernment. Last night, me and Laura coming back from a party, and uh, it was a redneck Christmas party. And boy, I was dressed like a redneck. I had on a shirt like yours with the sleeves cut off. Not your shirt. I love your shirt. See, that's as a pastor sometimes, Pastor Bob, you call people out and you look bad. I love your shirt. It's the cut off sleeves that changed it. And I had on sweatpants. With boots pulled over the top of my sweatpants. So we, somebody said, stop. Did somebody say stop? So we get to the gas station. And this tells you how good of a husband I am. Um, Laura, I said, Laura, go in and get us something to eat. She goes, I'm, I said, I'm not going in there. <laughs> I'm not going in there looking like this. So Laura went on inside and I'm outside. And, you know, we, we have to learn that there's intuition. This guy walks up out of the blue he, he didn't come from a car. There was no car that he came from. He just walked over to me and he said, man, I love your car. And I said, well, thank you. And he begins to talk about it. And I'm talking with him about it. He gets close enough where I can tell he's been in the Christmas party too. And he had a little bit too much eggnog. Well, our Christmas party didn't have that. And we begin to talk and he's looking and everything. And finally he says, hey, do you mind if I look in your car? Is there ever been a moment in your life you're like, uh, I, I don't want to be rude, but he could kill me. <laughs> We've all been there. You're like, uh, I don't want to seem rude, but there's a reason he's got a sword in his hand. <laughs> and I'm like, and before I can think about it, I said, sure. And when I did, I went, sure. I went, what did you just do, John? So I opened the car door, and I'm like, go ahead and take it. Uh-huh. By that time, luckily, Laurie comes walking out while he's standing there, and I think he's realized that he could take me, he couldn't take her. So he looks to love your car, and he walks off. I say that because there was an intuition that spoke to me and said, don't listen, don't do it. He's up to something. But I didn't give in to it. See, I say that because many times if you're in tune with God, if you're focusing on the Lord, if he's the, the, the attention of your life, then God can speak to you. He can show you. He can lead you. He can do things you never thought you could do in your life because you're being led by God. Listen, where you spend your attention decides your destination. Here's number two, write it down. Bad association creates bad situations. Amen. This is what he said. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. And all Jerusalem with him, when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. 
In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Then Herod called the Magi secretly. Listen, you always know when they want you when when they want to do something secretly, there's a problem. See, I, I say this to you tonight today because I want you to hear me when I say this. Some of us have got to learn in our life this Christmas season who we've allowed to speak into our life are causing us problems. See, they didn't know at that moment as, as they're talking to King Herod, they had no idea. Now, you need to remember the stars stopped there. There are moments in your life where God will allow people to come in. But you've got to learn to discern. You've got to learn how far they come in. You've got to learn what you listen to, what they're saying, whether you allow them access or not. See, what they would say to us, those wise men would say, hey, we learn. Not at the moment. Not when it was happening. But on the back end, when God gave us a dream, we would learn that bad associations can create bad situations. That be careful who you allow in your life. Be careful who you allow to speak in your life. See, I believe three people belong in your life. I believe you should have a spiritual father or mother. And listen, they get to scold you anytime they want to. Amen. I believe you should have a, a mentor or a coach, someone that is, has arrived where you want to be and help you get there. And I believe you need an intercessor. That when you call somebody, you know when they say, yes, I'll pray for you, they really will pray for you. You know how I tell you someone will pray for you? You know they'll pray for you when you ask for it? They do it right then. I'm that I had a guy come to me one day, just found out he had cancer. He's my neighbor. Came and told me, he said, I just found out I have cancer. I haven't even told my wife yet. He said, do you, do, do you mind praying? Will you pray for me? And right then and there, I pray for him. Standing in the middle of the street, I pray for him. See, you need those three individuals in your life. Now, let me stop real quick for some of you ultra, ultra spiritual Christians. If I'm talking to you, raise your hand. <laughs> that doesn't mean you don't have unsaved friends. Because how do you think you'll get friends saved if you don't become the friend? Go look in Luke chapter 10. See, that's a whole, it's what that that's a whole story of what I'll call personal or relational evangelism. Go find the man of peace. Eat with him, sup with him. In other words, build a relationship. The Bible says, in other words, heal them, meet a need. Then share the gospel. See, some of you walk up to people for the first time. You've never met them say, do you know Jesus? See, I'm a Christian. If you do that to me, I'm going to run from you. I'm not saying bad association means you don't hang out with people who aren't saved. I'm just saying you don't do what they do. Here's number three. I think the wise men would say to us, it's not about the treasures we possess, but about the treasures that possess us. It's not about the treasures we possess, but about the treasures that possess us. I want you to listen to this. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. And I love this right here. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, 
frankincense and myrrh. You've probably already started buying your Christmas gifts. Me and my wife have already started sending links. That's how we do it now. When I was a little kid, we had the best, it's called the best catalog. It was kind of like a Walmart. My parents would hand each one of us one, and we would circle what we wanted for Christmas. And that's what she told Santa. It was funny because I said, Mom, I didn't know Santa had to buy stuff. Now it's not the best catalog anymore. It's online. Nothing wrong with gifts. In fact, that day, those men presented gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Very priceless gifts. You see, probably what at one time was very important to them. One time meant so much to them. Gold and frankincense, myrrh. And see, even in what was presented, and, and I want to say this, do you understand that there's always a symbol in what the Word of God says? That, that gold represents the kingship of God. The frankincense means the high priest of God, and the myrrh would symbolize the embalming one day of Jesus for telling the future that the Messiah came to die. As you get older, it becomes least about the presence. I think one of the greatest things we do at Christmas is not opening the gifts. We started this 25 years ago, I guess. We have Christmas at our house before the kids are allowed to open presents. We all come and gather around the tree. The kids sit down on the floor. And I open the Bible. And I begin to read the Christmas story. You see, for me, the greatest gift that my kids will ever receive is not the present under that tree. It's the truth of a Messiah who would come to die for them. For 25 years, we've done it. See, this Christmas season, you'll open presents and give gifts. But see, don't let the, the material things possess you. Let the Savior possess you. Have a hold on your heart. I love the part where it says they opened their gifts. Because I believe at that moment they opened their heart. And they left those gifts there. See, it becomes a symbol to them that the material things didn't matter anymore. For all those years, 
They had been searching after this Messiah, this, this treasure, this gift. And they finally found it. For years, something else possessed them. But on this night, this day, they would be changed forever. I don't know if I can back this up scripturally. But when I hear this story and it says that they left to go to their own country another way. Every time, I'm one of those that when I read the scripture, I see the story in my mind. That's how I do it. And I have this image in my mind of whether two, three, ten, however many wise men there were. I see them traveling back to their own country. Not talking. They're not saying a word. They're in awe. For what their attention had been on for so many years, and they finally, finally have received it. I see them riding along, maybe on their camels, riding beside each other with this entourage. And as they do, not a word is being spoken. Nothing is being said. Maybe tears running down their face. So grateful that they had met the Messiah. This I believe. Without saying a word, they all knew. They all recognized. Our lives will never be the same again from this day forward. That is my hope for you. My prayer for your life. That you'll come in contact with the Messiah, the Savior, the King. And he will change your life in such a way that you'll say, Pastor, I'll never be the same again. My life has changed forever. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. What has your attention today? Have you allowed bad associations in your life to take your attention away from Christ? Is there treasures in your heart that are above the King? Today I want Him to possess you, to be the Savior of You say, Pastor, I love Jesus. He's the Lord of my life. But if I can be honest, He's not the most important to me. My attention's been other places. But today, as a Christian, as a believer, 
I want to make God the most important thing. I want Him to be the treasure that possesses me. If that is you today, you know there's things in your life that have been come before God, but you need God to be the most important in your life. I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. The Lord, whatever has come in their life is more important than you. I pray today in Jesus' name, forgive them. Forgive them. And I pray today, Lord, that you would become their treasure, their focus. That you, Lord, would have their attention. And Lord, from this moment on, I pray you become the focus of their life, the focus of their future the focus of their family. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. Do you know the Savior? Do you know Him? He came to give His life that through the shedding of His blood you would have forgiveness of all your sins. He was born to die, that through his death, you would have eternal life. And all you have to do to receive that today is first admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is who he says he is, the son of the living God, who died on the cross for you. And with your mouth, confess the Lord of your life, and you shall be saved. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus, but I want to invite him to my life today, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anyone else? I've had one raise their hand. Would you give God praise? I want all of you not just the one that raised their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, say it proud. As one new name has been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.